Hello, and uh, welcome to episode zero of the Five Points Podcast. This is Matt Glassman, and I'm really not sure how this is going to go. Uh, I decided to start a podcast as a companion to my newsletter, and I was hoping it would be something that uh, I could do sometimes more quickly than my newsletter if uh, I didn't have a chance to write it that week. But uh, in essence, would be sort of a podcast version of exactly what I'm doing in the newsletter, which is short, sort of uh, quick hit things at the intersection of political science and contemporary politics. So as I envision uh, this podcast, it would be somewhere between 10 and 20 minutes long, where I would go through and sort of discuss a few of the things that have happened in Washington this week from the perspective of a political scientist. And so just to give that a test, I thought one thing I would talk about that I didn't talk in my newsletter this week was the vote on the budget deal in Congress. And the interesting thing about this vote, so the budget deal was this, there are are these BCA caps that need to be raised, uh, which currently set the max amount of money the federal government can spend on the discretionary side. And those caps, if not raised, we're going to call for something like 8 to 10 percent cuts in both defense spending and non-defense spending. So from the point of view of Congress, these things had to be raised. Both parties were in agreement about that. And the deal that was cut with the president, uh, between the president and the Democrats and some Republican leaders, was to significantly raise the caps. Uh, but only pay for a portion of those raises with offsets in other places. Uh, so in essence, the caps are going to be raised by about $240 billion over two years, but only about $75 billion of that were going to be offset. And you can imagine for anyone who's a fiscal hawk, a deficit hawk, a budgeteer in Congress, this was unpleasant. And uh, many of the conservatives on the right were unhappy with this deal. And uh, the results showed in the House vote, uh, despite the president's support, only about uh, one-third of Republicans, only about 65 of the 197 Republicans in the House supported the deal. Uh, The interesting thing to me uh, was the bargaining uh, over the deal, because it was certainly the case that Majority Leader McCarthy uh, and uh, Minority Leader McCarthy and Minority Whip Scalise were pushing the deal, as was the president. The president tweeted out hoping that conservatives would support the deal. And of course, in the end, they really didn't, uh, with most of the caucus voting against it. Uh, But the issue came up, I was talking to a few people on the Hill, about how the bargains for this take place. For a lot of members, this is a very easy, what we call a vote no and hope yes situation, where the benefits for you personally in your district are to vote no, even though you really want the overall policy to pass. And you can imagine if you are a conservative who isn't crazy about this deal and knows your citizens uh, who voters in your district don't like it, uh, but also realizes that if you don't vote for this deal, that uh, actually going through with sort of spending cuts uh, of the magnitude we're talking about on both defense and non-defense are just bad for the country uh, or bad for the overall outlook, you might hope that you get a chance to vote against this. On the other hand, the party leadership may want you to vote for it. The Republicans and the president may want to see uh, their numbers higher among uh, Republicans in the House who vote for this. And so what sort of bargaining chips might you have? Well, you might contact the leadership and say, well, I really don't want to vote for this, but if you need me to vote for it, uh, I'll be there for you. That's sort of the other side of the uh, vote no and hope yes coalition. A lot of these people are of the mindset that they don't want to vote for things, but if the leadership really needs them, they will. And so what goodies do people have to hand out? Well, there's the traditional things people talk about, like earmarks, which currently don't exist in Congress, but other stuff like campaign help or consideration on your legislation or uh, policy proposals you want introduced, uh, things you want co-sponsored, seats on committees. All of these things are the kind of things you can bargain for. Uh, one interesting one I heard last week that one member of Congress uh, was seeking to get was a private meeting with President Trump. 
Okay, now that's interesting, right? That a member might flip his position on a bill simply to have a meeting at the White House with the president. Why would you want a meeting with the president? Well, I can think of a couple of reasons. One for sure is that getting the ear of the president and particularly this president for even 15 or 20 minutes might actually get you some policy changes. Say you have something you want done in the executive branch. Say you have a program you want an executive decision made on. Say you have someone you want appointed to someone. Getting the personal ear of the president could be very good for that. On the other side of it, of course, uh, getting your picture taken with the president could be a really big sell in a lot of Republican districts. The president is really popular among Republicans. If you're from a strongly Republican district, nothing really is better advertising for your brand uh, and says, I'm powerful in Washington, I'm doing a good job, than getting your photo in the Oval Office with the president. So I can see both of those things being bargaining ships. And the great thing about those sort of bargaining ships is those are things the leaders can deliver on. Uh, when you're bargaining over a seat on a committee, uh, that's sort of a uh, uh, scarce resource. But the president's time, while scarce, 15 or 20 minutes here for a member of Congress, is certainly something that's doable, certainly something that's deliverable, uh, and doesn't require uh, the leadership to pick between their members. This is uh, actually what made earmarks such a great bargaining tool. Back when I was on the Appropriations Committee, earmarks were the perfect blackmail tool. Uh, you could reuse them over and over again. They didn't run out. You could scale them to any size, uh, small or big, and it didn't pit members against each other. If you're going to try to promise someone a subcommittee seat or subcommittee chairmanship or a seat on a committee, uh, that's a bigger problem. Those things run out. Members are competing for them, and they don't really scale. They're really big, bulky objects. Uh, so earmarks are great, and, of course, meetings with the president uh, can be used in the same way. Those, those are great things, too, uh, as tools, uh, bargaining chips when you're in negotiations like this. Um, and so uh, that's the end of that point, and that's going to be the end of this podcast. Um, I'm really interested in your feedback for whether you like this idea of me doing a quick podcast. It's certainly faster than me writing up my actual five points. My intention is to continue the newsletter, but use this as a way to supplement it or uh, in a lot of cases to uh, stand in its place if I don't have time to write one week. So please let me know. You know where to reach me on Twitter at MattGlassman312. You can get me by email at MattGlassman312 at gmail.com. Uh, this will be available uh, on my personal website and I will have it up on Apple's and iTunes shortly. So I will see you next time. This has been the Five Points Podcast. Thanks for listening.